The Baltimore Ravens take on the Los Angeles Rams in week 14. And we dive into a crossover Thursday next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us today and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. It's always free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts. It's the same show, both audio and video, so you're not missing out either which way. If you want to drive in to work one day listening, or if you just want to lounge around the house and relax and watch on YouTube. Either way, you're getting the same content. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We're back here with another crossover Thursday episode. We'll be talking with Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams as the Ravens take on the Los Angeles Rams in week 14. We're coming up on the anniversary of that Ravens drubbing of the Rams, which I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans haven't forgotten for good reasons, and a lot of Rams fans want to forget for not so good reasons. A bunch of other special anniversaries coming up and happening all across so it's been great and exciting to kind of dive in, reminisce on Ravens history and other anniversaries as well. But it's going to be a very good game. I feel like the Rams are a team that's underrated and Baltimore coming off of the bye. They're going to have to definitely get up for this game. We know the Ravens can sometimes play up and down a competition, but we'll get into what the Ravens have to do to win this game. Key matchups, big storylines, and a lot more with Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams now. Travis, I'm super excited for this game. I mean, the Ravens, they're coming off of their bye week. Yeah. And I know the Rams, they've looked pretty solid these past couple of weeks. They've gotten their record to six and six, getting some guys back healthy. And I think that even though the Ravens might be favored in this game, I think it might be a better game than some people might think it'll be. Yeah, I, I've kind of changed my tune on it too, Kevin. I, I thought that, you know, when the schedule comes out, we all do what we do, right? You're like, okay, I think you're going to win here, win there. And then there's a couple of, all right, you're definitely going to win this. And there's a couple of, you're definitely not going to win this. This was one of those definitely not going to win. You know, in Baltimore, late in the season, Baltimore dominates the NFC. The last time we saw Lamar Jackson against the Rams, we saw what that looked like. That was terrifying. You know, I, I don't think I, I haven't gotten over that Monday Night Football at the Coliseum from a few years ago. But now it feels a little different. Rams are playing a lot better. They found some players that have gotten healthy in the right spot. So uh, I, I don't think that the Rams are favored. I think they'd have to play nearly uh, as good as they can to beat the Ravens. But it's gone from a no way to a we'll see. Right. And, and I think that either way here, it's going to be big for both teams because the Ravens are fighting for the number one seed yep. in the AFC. The Rams are fighting for a playoff spot in the NFC. So this game has implications on both sides. But Travis, if you had to pick a storyline, where, where would you go for the Rams? What, what's the biggest storyline entering week 14? Well, I think it, it, it's it's funny. Like you, you could go big picture and say, can Kyron Williams still be an impactful back the way he has the last couple of weeks? Can Puka continue to set all sorts of rookie marks for receiving yards? And it might be a little more, you know, headliney. 
The Rams fired another kicker this week. They, you know, they, they they moved on moved on from Luke Haversick, who was the replacement for Brett Maher. Both of them were dreadful. So now Mason Crosby is coming in. And a lot more than, like, is Crosby better than Haversick? You know, who knows? We'll see. But I think the Rams feel like they can go for it now. I don't think they make a move like that if they really didn't think they had a chance to play pretty good football over the last five weeks. That's kind of what it signaled to me. Um, and and I, and they did it this week. You know, they could have tried to squeak it through one more. So I think th- I think they think they have a decent chance this week. Yeah, and I think they understand that, you know, it's winning time right now. You got these last five games, and, and that's what it is. And it's the same thing both ways, which I think is really big. But health is always a factor here in Baltimore. Well, it's everywhere. Travis, everywhere it's health. But the Ravens these last four years have been – one of the most, if not the most injury riddled team in the NFL, but it actually hasn't been as bad this year. They had the bye in week 13. They're able to hopefully get some guys right. Ronnie Stanley's been dealing with multiple injuries. And to be frank, he hasn't been very good for the Ravens this year. He honestly, he's been their weak link on the offensive line, which is very weird to say after covering him for so many years as one of these elite left tackles in the league. Odo Beckham, who I know familiar face over there in Los Angeles had plenty of praise about Sean McVay in that Rams team on, on Wednesday saying that Sean McVay was the one who brought the love back for football for him. So he's very appreciative of that organization, obviously where he won the Super Bowl. But other than that, the Ravens injury report, pretty good. Rashad Bateman missed Wednesday with an illness, but other than that, Baltimore outside of the Mark Andrews injury outside of JK Dobbins is looking pretty solid health wise. How about in Los Angeles though? Yeah, they, they've been pretty good so far. Obviously, you know, Matthew Stafford missed the one game, which led to a terrible loss in Green Bay, which made the Rams again say, okay, that's not good enough. Brett Rippon is out, and here comes Carson Wentz. Um, Kyron Williams came back two weeks ago. He's looked really good in the two games since then. Rams offensive line has been pretty healthy over the last few weeks. Um, you know, you always worry a little bit about Matthew Stafford just because – Last season, you know, missed a good chunk of time. He missed the one game this year. Things like the thumb and the hip. You just, you know, when you have an older quarterback like that, you're never quite sure. But, you know, knocking on wood right now, much like the Ravens, the Rams are pretty healthy, for especially for the second week in December. Yeah, and usually, again, t- we've seen just a string of quarterbacks go down over the course oh. of this entire season. I know Stafford has missed his games. Lamar got injured in the Cincinnati game on a run, but he, you know, he vows he's fine on that ankle, did a little jumping up and down in his press conference to prove to everybody that he was okay. But how would you assess Matthew Stafford this year? I think, you know, on one side, Lamar's in the MVP conversation sure. and he's been doing his thing in Baltimore, but Matthew Stafford still, he's a veteran. He's a Super Bowl champion. And I think he's still a solid quarterback. Yeah, it's funny. Like, you know, your your guy, Lamar Jackson, everybody knows, oh, yeah, he's he's one of those guys. And you just, you know, you see a highlight package, you see a game here and there, and you're like, okay, Lamar Jackson's an elite player. Jumps off the page at you. Um, Matthew Stafford used to be a fantasy darling, right? He'd throw for four touchdowns and 400 yards in a game, and now that's not what's happening. So if you don't catch a lot of Rams football, you just look at the size, yeah, threw for 220 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Okay, fine. And then another day, throws an interception here. The numbers are not going to tell the story. He's the only reason they win games. He's he's still that guy. He's that good that he makes things happen because he's very smart. He identifies things very quickly, and he still has an elite arm. He makes some mistakes, right? But he's carrying so much of that offense uh, on his shoulders. I'll tell you a quick story, Kevin, from last week. You can see it. They break they, they break the huddle. My my co-host on the Rams pre-app and post-game show, Kirk Morrison, uh, who played in the NFL for nine years, he goes, oh, they're going to hit something in the middle right here. He can see it. He can see it. And 
at the line, Stafford, you could say, you know, kills the play, looks around, everybody's okay, got it, got it. Boom, snap comes. Puka does a little in really quick. And the difference was he was open for about a half a second and about by this much, right? And the ball, and is a good, you know, 15, 20-yard throw, zip. There aren't 10 guys in the league to make that throw. There might not be three guys in the league that's, that, that see the matchup that you want at that point. And that's what Matthew Stafford is. He's not going to light up your fantasy team. But if you watch him every week and you watch how he goes about it and you see how little talent there is offensively relative to some other teams, it's all about number nine. Speaking of fantasy darlings, Puka Nakua has oh, yeah. burst <laughs> onto the scene. I know we were talking before the show, Travis. I invested a lot of stock in Kyron Williams and Cooper good. Cup. So the good and the bad yeah. for, for the Rams yeah. this year a little bit. But Puka's been awesome and suffered the shoulder injury last week. Seems like he'll be good to go, but do you expect any limitations from him against Baltimore? You know, he, he's such a physical player. Uh, they, you always worry. He, he left the game twice last week. You know, we all saw the one where he went down and landed on his shoulder, and they called it a rib injury, and clearly he was shaken up. It took him a minute to kind of get off the field. But he'd left the game earlier in the first quarter with cramping. He He's a tough guy, so he takes a lot of contact. He plays hard every single play. I always worry about Puka's health. I don't know how limited he'll be, but I know that he'll be out there and I'll know that he'll give whatever he is. He's a very tough guy. And for you, I mean, for me in Los Angeles, I think that's a team that can sneak into the playoffs and honestly maybe do some damage if they can get everything right. But what what's the interpretation from Rams fans and from you, Travis, about the Ravens so far this season? What do you see when you look at that team? That they're really hard to beat that they're pretty well coached, that they have a quarterback that can make things happen on his own. That, that That's like, I think, the scariest thing. When you're watching another team, uh, a, another team that you're playing against or you're betting against or whatever it may be, there's always guys that make, oh, no, not this guy again. And Lamar's one of those guys, right? Because I, I mentioned it a minute ago to you, that, that night that we saw him on Monday Night Football a few years ago at the Coliseum, it was like just a you know a high school senior playing with fourth graders. He was just running around people. Uh, still a little PTSD from that. So I think that elite quarterback who you mentioned might win the MVP. And how do you deal with him? How do you not let him break your neck? That's It's really big because Baltimore has seen in this new offense with Todd Munkin the evolution of Lamar. And that's what they wanted to see this entire time. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll, we'll take a little bit of a key matchup look. Who's going to be able to get the better of their matchup in this game? So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Rams. First, this episode of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Rams is brought to you by LinkedIn. When you're hiring for a small business, you always want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn has been a great tool for so many people, so many positive experiences coming out of LinkedIn. And it's really important to have quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn is really easy to go out there and find them. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. And hiring is really easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time and resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
We're back with Locked On Ravens and Locked On Rams. Kevin Oshreker still here with Travis Rogers. And Travis, I think that there are a lot of key matchups to look at. If you had to pick one big one that you're really looking forward to seeing on Sunday between these teams, where would you go? I think what's interesting to me is who takes advantage of the Aaron Donald double team that's inevitable. And we've seen it kind of go a couple of different ways, right? So I'm talking about the other, you know, talking about Kobe Turner on the defensive line. You're talking about Byron Young as, as their right outside linebacker. And just those guys team that kind of seem to go one is on when the other one maybe isn't making as big of an impact. Donald is always drawing two. He will almost always draw two, which means somebody needs to win one of their one-on-ones we saw it last week. It was Kobe Turner. Two weeks before that, it was Byron Young. So for me, looking at that, can somebody make plays defensively that's not Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald's going to be the best defensive player in the building. He, he has been from the moment he's come into the league, more or less. So he'll do his thing. Who else is going to do theirs? Yeah, and you speak about the trenches, which I think is big, too, because on the other side of that for Baltimore's defensive line, Justin Matabike, who – works out and trains with Aaron Donald in the off season. He has been compared to Aaron Donald. Now he's not there yet, but he, he is certainly on track for a big payday this off season, 10 sacks in a contract year. First Ravens double digit sack player since Terrell Suggs back in 2017, six years ago. So it's been a while that Baltimore has had a double digit sack player, but that Rams offensive line, Travis, talk to me a bit about Kevin Dotson because the Rams pick him up in a trade from Pittsburgh for essentially pennies, and he's turned into one of the best, if not the best, guards in the league right now. He, he has been invaluable to what they've done, right? The, the Rams did something that I think is pretty actually impressive and a little bit under the radar at this point because they're playing a little better than I think anybody might have anticipated. They found five starters in last year's draft. In one draft without a first-round pick, they found five starters. And you go through it, and we talk about Puka, and you talk about Avila, you talk about a Byron Young and a Kobe Turner. You know, they've got guys that have done it. But the fact of the matter is, one of their biggest acquisitions is something that you you just mentioned. Kevin Dotson came in kind of as a, yeah, maybe we'll need him, we don't know. Well, Joe Nopum wasn't up for it. He just very quickly made it clear that that wasn't going to be his spot. And Dotson took it from him, and not just because the other guy wasn't good, but because he was a lot better. He's held on to it since then. Um, I, it's those low-key free agency slash trades that you get that, you know, we all want to get a Lamar Jackson or an Odell Beckham. That's great, but those things that, yeah, whatever, it turns out to be a big deal, that's Kevin Dotson. And he's been great for him, and this Ravens team leads the league in sacks, 47 of them. They're actually one off their total from last year, 48 in 2022, and then obviously the 47 here in 2023. But it's not just Matabike. They bring in Jadavian Clowney a couple weeks before the season starts. Kava and Noah sitting on his couch until yeah. week three. The Ravens bring him in. Those two have been, you talk about invaluable. They've been invaluable to this Ravens defensive line. But in the secondary, they were dealing with a lot of corner injuries. The Ravens were. Marlon Humphrey missed the start of the season, also went down with an injury later in the year. They put Brandon Stevens up into the first corner role, essentially, who came was a UCLA guy for two years as a running back, transferred mm-hmm. to SMU and played corner there, learned the position, came into the league, played safety his first year, flipped to corner his second year, flipped back to safety this year, but the Ravens needed him at corner because they had so many injuries, and he has been locked down. The two Marlon Humphrey this Bengals games the Ravens played, Brandon Stevens held Jamar Chase seven receptions, 43 yards, and a garbage time touchdown with about 50 seconds left in that game. So you have a secondary that's likely getting Marlon Humphrey back this week. I'd assume that's the case. But the receivers, we talked about a Cooper Cup who, I mean, hasn't looked like his Cooper Cup self the year in this year, oh. but he's, he's still, I guess, Cooper Cup, right? But you have Puka, you have Tutu Atwell. 
the Ravens secondary against these Rams pass catchers is going to be a key matchup for me to watch. Yeah, the Rams offense, I think, has kind of gone through a transition in the last month, month and a half. The offense goes through Pukunakua, you know, maybe not on a draft uh, on on a on a depth chart that if you're listening WR1, that's still cut. But the but in reality of it, it's not true that Puka is much more important to what it is that they're doing right now. I don't know if Cooper Cup isn't healthy or not, but I kind of hope that it's not, because if this is how he plays 100 percent healthy, I'm really worried about how this is going to age from here because he doesn't look like himself. He looks like he's a half a step slow. He looks like he's a little tentative where he never was before. Now, to your point, Kevin, you saw him score a big touchdown towards the end of the game last week against the Browns. That that was a big touchdown that they needed at that point. He did catch five balls, but it was just for 38 yards. He didn't have a huge impact on the game, and you could feel Puka, right? Puka's presence was front and center the entire game. Once you get past those two guys, I think the the threat of the wide receiver might have changed a little bit too. Tutu Atwell was kind of at the front of the line for that WR3. He's had some big plays, but really inconsistent and impacting the game. And in the last two weeks or so, you've kind of seen the usage rate between him and former Raven Demarcus uh, Robinson kind of flip back and forth now. He played a lot last week. He made a couple of big catches. Feels like we're phasing Tutu out a little bit and Robinson back in. Yeah, and I think when you're talking about these unsung heroes, Kyron Williams has been that guy for them oh, yeah. and has taken over the role. I mean, they trade Cam Akers midseason. It's Kyron Williams' backfield over in Los Angeles. Missed the time with the injury, came back from injured reserve a couple weeks ago and left You know, he left off at a good place. He came back and just kept that pace going. Yep. And you talk about the Ravens, they're a top 10 unit in – almost everything in, in a lot of different positions. They're a top 10 offense and rushing and passing top 10 defense and passing, but their rush defense is 22nd in the league in terms of net yards per attempt with 4.3 given up on the ground. Now the Rams in terms of net yards per attempt, they're a, a middling rushing team. They're 13th, but I think for the Ravens, some of the issues have been sometimes getting out physical at the line. And we talked about that Rams offensive line headline by the Kevin Dotson edition I think that it's going to be important for either team, whether it's the Rams winning that on offense or the Ravens winning that on defense in the trenches, we're going to see some physical battles. So you mentioned him. Kyron Williams has played in six games for this team so far this year. He's been really good in three and a half of them. So the, he missed the middle part of the season, right? When the Rams really kind of dipped down and had that extended losing streak, he wasn't a part of that. He wasn't there. So the team numbers are not good because when you're dealing with Daryl Henderson and, and, and some other guys that they had in there, that just wasn't going to be good enough. But with Kyron Williams, they've had success running it. I, I hesitate to do this a little bit for fear of jinxing it. It feels like Sean McVay has finally come around to running the ball, even when it's not working, is still an effective thing to do because he just wants to pass, pass, pass. I think Kyron Williams is a big part of that. So if they balance that out, if they even if they're not gaining a ton of yards, even if they're not, you know, getting big chunk plays, a commitment to the run, even if it's not necessarily successful, I think is important. And I think that in the Rams secondary, most of the names in there might not be familiar to a lot of people. I mean, we're gone of the Jalen Ramsey days and Darius Boy, all those guys. They're not there anymore. But what can you say about the members in the secondary and, and who might be tasked with slowing down guys like Zay Flowers and Odell and Rashad Bateman? Well, you know, you mentioned Kevin Dodson a minute ago. You know, they got to kill a Witherspoon in the offseason, too, which was another guy that's kind of bounced around a little bit. And maybe he's not an all pro candidate or anything like that, but is the veteran in this room by a mile. Like you just mentioned, 
Jalen Ramsey's gone. So Jalen Ramsey was kind of running that thing for a long time. Great time that he had here with the Rams. But they went in a very different direction. We saw him draft Darian Kendrick. You see him draft uh, Durant. You see them do some of these other guys. Russ Yeast is in there. Uh, Lake is in there. They're really inexperienced for the most part. But it kind of works. They give up some big plays. They're going to give up some chunk yardage. They don't give up a lot of points. They've held their opponent to under 20 points four weeks in a row. So, and for a team that was supposed to win by offense, they've, they've really kind of stayed in this with defense. And while I thought that secondary was going to be super vulnerable, it really hasn't. It's been good enough, which I think is better than anybody thought it was going to be coming into the season. And the interesting part about Baltimore's offense is I think when you talk about replacing Greg Roman, who is, you know, the run guru, he's the guy who orchestrated that Ravens rushing attack to going to Todd Munkin you would expect, you know, the past defense or the past offense is just going to be, you know, clicking on all cylinders, but it hasn't necessarily been that way for the Ravens this year. And I think it's part of just the adjustment period for Todd Munkin, but they are running the ball super effectively, but the passing offense has been a bit inconsistent. Lamar Jackson also has not hit on very many deep shots this year. He's certainly attempted them, but whether it's he's overthrowing guys or receivers or just dropping them, they haven't been able to hit on a lot of them this year. So maybe this is just an unstoppable force being an immovable object where, you know, one of it, something's going to have to give here. Right. That's right. So, somebody's going to be right. And somebody's going to be, we need to change everything. Exactly. So <laughs> one of these teams will, I think have good news in that regard. The yeah. other team, yeah, I might have to go back to the drawing board, but I do think that there are plenty of opportunities for both teams to exploit the other. And I think we're, we're heading for a very good game in this one. Yeah, I hope so. I, you know, I, the, the Rams season has been peculiar. You know, they, they open up with a win against the Seahawks and the, nobody was really expecting much from saying, Oh, that looked pretty good, but let's see what it is. Played really well against San Francisco for about a half a game. And you're like, "Uh Oh, are they good? They weren't. And then they really kind of started to come unglued after that. They had some injuries and everybody was just about ready to say, okay, it's not going to happen. They're three and six come out of their bye, get a little lucky against the Seahawks, win a game. Like, all right, that's cool. You get the exact right team after that in Arizona and the Cardinals. The Rams could beat the Cardinals with you and me. They just, they always beat the Cardinals. That's just one of those matchups, right? You win that game big. And you get Cleveland in. Cleveland, as you well know, they're a good team. And I know that Joe Flacco was playing quarterback, but he wasn't that bad. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a pretty good NFL game. And when they beat Cleveland, it kind of, for the first time all season, I think for Rams fans and people that cover the team were like, are they good again? And 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 so we're right there, right? You beat Baltimore. There's no question that you're good again. You're in the mix. You might have even bought yourself a little cushion down the stretch to maybe stub your toes somewhere down the line. If the Ravens go out there and paint them up and down the field, we're right back to where they were. It's like, yeah, no. Cleveland had a bad day. Arizona stinks. Got lucky against Seattle. And he's like kind of let go at that point. So it's a big deal for the Rams this week. And I hope we get a good one. Yeah, and, and on the other side of that, for the Ravens, they played the Texans in week one with, you know, first ever start C.J. Stroud, first ever head coach game and for D'Amico Ryans. If they, if they played now, it would be a different ball game. <laughs> but uh, going up against that Ravens defense, you know, the Ravens got that one. They played Joe Burrow in week two, who was probably 50% on that calf. He was not yep. the Joe Burrow we know. They played the Gardner Minshew in week three and dropped that game. They, they lost. They beat themselves, essentially. It was not a good game from them execution-wise. 
couple of big division wins, but then they lose to Pittsburgh in week five with seven drops in that game. Lamar just, it was horrendous, but then they go on a little bit of a run. Tennessee, they go abroad and they win that game. You know, Arizona was close. They almost lost Arizona, but they, yeah. they, they pull that one out. And then you have a couple of big primetime wins, but sandwiched in between is the Cleveland loss where Deshaun Watson goes out there on a broken shoulder in the second right. half and does not have an incompletion. So <laughs> the Ravens are nine and three. They're in the, to tie for the top spot in the AFC. But I think what's frustrating for a lot of the fans of Baltimore is, well, they could be this or they could be that, but you are to record says you are. Every team has that excuse. So yeah, they're a nine and three football team and they're good, but this is going to be a good game on Sunday. And coming up in the final part of the show, we'll be talking about predictions and what each team has to do in order to secure a win against the other. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Rams. First, this episode of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Rams is brought to you by Skylight. If you're looking for a meaningful gift this holiday season that your loved one will actually use and enjoy, Skylight is definitely a gift you should be looking into. And holiday gifts sometimes, they can be boring a little bit. You know, you get the socks and the candles, the slippers, the robes. Those are very generic gifts. But if you're looking to up your gift-giving game this year, that's why so many people right now are giving the Skylight Frame to their families. And the Skylight Frame is great. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can send photos to straight from your phone, and they appear in seconds. You can even preload the photos before the box is open so that when it's unwrapped and plugged in, your most treasured memories will appear. And it's the perfect gift for everyone. So whether you're giving it to grandparents, new parents, or spouse, it's a great group gift. Also, you can effortlessly send photos from the photo to the frame with the free Skylight app or a unique email, and it's so easy to use as well. Setup takes less than 60 seconds, plus the touchscreen makes it super easy. You can swipe through the photos, tap to see new photos sent, and tap the heart button to say thank you to the sender. It's really a delight to use every single day. Plus, there's a satisfaction guarantee, and they're so confident that they all love Skylight that they offer a free 120-day return policy. Plus, they're a top-rated brand over a million happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and available in over 30 countries. It's recommended by the Today Show, Forbes, New York Magazine, and so much more. And as a special limited time offer for our listeners, get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. Again, to get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, let's go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com slash locked on. We're back, rounding out Locked On Ravens and Locked On Rams with Travis Rogers. I am Kevin Ostraker. And Travis, this game is going to be big for both teams. We've outlined it throughout the entire show. But for you, what do the Rams have to do in order to pick up this win against the Ravens? I think that's it's the most classic formula that there has ever existed in football. Don't get your quarterback killed, number one, and don't turn it over. I, I you know, in the most simple terms, I. The Rams seem to have found a little rhythm on offense. I think they're going to score somewhere in the 20s to maybe high 20s. The Rams defense has been pretty good. The way that both of those things end is if you give the ball to Lamar Jackson a few extra times and you don't have Matthew Stafford to go put points on the board. We've seen him, the, the game that he didn't play, the Rams had zero chance. Zero chance against Tampa, or excuse me, against Green Bay. Every other game they've played on the Cowboy game where they got destroyed, they've been in it. And the only reason they've been in it is because number nine does things that are really, really amazing. Keep him healthy. Don't turn it over. Try to limit the possessions that the Ravens get. Lamar, the, the Lamar factor, like I said, I'm still seeing him running up and down on the Coliseum. Hopefully he doesn't like SoFi as much. I think that's it. Keep him off the field. Keep your guys on it. And don't turn it over. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, in that game, it was the Marcus Peters revenge game, too. He comes yeah. back and gets, gets the golf interception. It was memories of plenty for, for the Ravens. I know Ra- the Rams are just kind of like, get that out of here. We don't, don't want to talk, talk about that anymore. But, yeah, I mean, for the Ravens, as I kind of talked about in the second segment, Travis, this team beats themselves sometimes and play up and down the competition. And this is not – look, the Rams are not the worst team in the league. I think the Rams are actually pretty good. Like, I, they're a team that I think has the elements of a trap game because I just think people underrate them a little. I think they see Stafford and they see, oh, well, Cooper Cup, is he really Cooper Cup? Is Aaron Donald, you know, he's getting up there in age, although he's still super dominant. I I see whether it's social media or the respect that they get. I just think people are writing off the Rams because you look in the NFC and it's San Francisco, it's Philadelphia, and it's Dallas. And then everybody's saying, well, all right, every Detroit and Seattle are like kind of good. But other than that, who are the teams? Yeah, I I think that the the good description for the Rams is, they're good enough to beat any team in the league and they're bad enough to lose to any team in the league. That, I, I think that's what, it, and that's, you know, the, 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 the NFL at large, I guess, but if the Rams play really well, they can beat San Francisco. I've seen it. I, it's not easy, but I've seen it. I've also seen them lose to dreadful, dreadful teams. And so we'll see what they put out there. If, if they play well, if Stafford is healthy and he's sharp, they're going to score. If they, if they can prevent Lamar from getting a couple of easy ones or by Lamar standards, easy ones, they're going to be in this game. I, I really don't see them getting blown out if those two things happen. And, you know, I'm glad you said that, Travis, because for those who, you know, for every day I was on Lockdown Ravens, I say it all the time. It's every team. It's not just the Ravens. Every team plays up and down the competition. I know some sure. teams do it more than others. Yeah. But. You know, I think it's frustrating for any team when, you know, you go into a game super favored, you're expected to win, and then the team you're playing, how are they going to win this? Like, imagine playing the Panthers right now and the Panthers win that game. Like, imagine how frustrating. <laughs> imagine how frustrating that would be, especially with the turmoil over there. But the Ravens just can't beat themselves. Right? I think if they do, if they can keep Lamar upright, as you kind of talked about with Stafford, if you can get off to a fast start if you're Baltimore, go up maybe 14 to 3 or 10 to nothing, let's say. The Ravens haven't really played from behind this year. I'm not saying they can't do it, but the reality is they just haven't done it a lot this year, if at all. So a- against the Ravens' defense, the Rams' offense, I think, can put up points. But this Ravens' defense has been one of the best defenses in this team's history. Not quite 2,000 Ravens level, but right. they've been up to the task this year. They're the best passing defense in the league. We talked about the secondary But if your offense, if you're the Ravens, can get off to a fast start, if Lamar can hit on a couple of deep shots and force the Rams to respect that a little bit more and kind of have them worried about it, it will open up the run game. If they can run the ball effectively, it will open up the play action. So everything just kind of goes hand in hand with each other. And if they can do that, you mentioned the Rams and experience in the secondary, I think they could definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. If, if the Rams fall behind, if the Ravens do play, you know, get, get out to that 14 to three lead that you're talking about, it's not where the Rams live and breathe. When, when they're chasing it, it is, it's not great. When the Rams are at their best is when they're balanced. When the Rams, like we talked about a minute ago, my everydayers have heard me say this over and over again. When the Rams pass the ball just a little bit more than they run it, they're almost always in the game and they're almost always look pretty good. When you get those passing days where Matt Stowers throw it 45, 50 times, it's almost always a circus. Now, they might win sometimes because he's really good, but it's always dire circumstances, and they have not been able to do that this year. So if you if you can get ahead, if the Ravens can get that you know 10-point lead at some point in the game, I think that the Rams, that's not a place to play from. They need to be neck and neck or slightly ahead the whole game. 
Yeah, and that's also another thing I say when it comes to what, what can the Ravens do to win. If you force the Rams to abandon their run game, which you mentioned with Kyron Williams has been hitting on all cylinders this yeah. year, you can still use them as a weapon out of the backfield, but it eliminates that option. It eliminates the threat of the play action and, and maybe a couple other things you want to do with that and just forcing the defense to cheat up on a run play and then you can drop it over the top. So if you can force the Rams, if you're the Ravens, to abandon one aspect of their offense, I think it makes things a lot easier as well. But let's do predictions quickly, Travis. Where do you have this one? Do you have the Rams going in and pulling out this win against the Ravens, or do you think Baltimore pulls it out at the end? I'll give you my heart and say that the Rams kick a long field goal with Mason Crosby in a Rams uniform for the first time, and they win the game 20-19. to 19. My brain tells me that the Baltimore Ravens win this game. They probably win it by six, and I think it's played somewhere around that 29 to 23 range. Yeah, I'd probably put it – I picked the Ravens, and I'll probably go like 31-24, 31-26. Like right in that – I don't think it'll be a blowout. I, no. I'd be surprised. And look, I said that about Seattle and Detroit and, you know, 73 to nine or whatever that was. So it's possible. Lamar is 18 to one against the NFC in his career. And it's the funniest stat ever. I always, I always say, because the one loss was Daniel Jones out of all, <laughs> the, out of all the quarterbacks, it could have been, it was Daniel Jones. who could have been, Lamar that could have been Zach Wilson, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple others you would prefer not to have yeah. below Jones, but still, I, I do think it'll be Baltimore. I think it'll be a close. I think it'll be a good one, too, and I'm excited for it, Travis. Travis is great. He provided great Rams insight for us. I'm really excited for this game, personally. I think the Rams are a very underrated team, but Baltimore has shown they're one of the best teams, not only in the AFC, but in the NFL. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Again, be sure to subscribe in audio form, video form, wherever you want to watch or listen to your podcast. We have it for you. We've built awesome communities in audio form and video form on social media. So I'm really excited to keep this thing going. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be talking Ravens, of course, here rounding out the week. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.